every time. Hello, I need to start the diffuser, but welcome. Here we are, episode eight already of Stop Talking Already with me, Justin, and my favorite co-host, because people seem to like her the best out of all my co-hosts, Alyssa Johnson-Wells. So we're going to be doing a show and talking again like we always do, and here we go. All right, wow, another week, another dollar. Um, Hey, Alyssa. Hey, what's up? (laughs) Nothing, we got to do some housekeeping. Um, all right, so first of all, that last episode, yeah, there's a lot of chewing and stuff, so it's not great. So maybe if, you, if you're if you not a huge fan, you just skip to the me and Alyssa episode. What, like this, this, like... Oh, God, no, it wasn't even that, it was... This is not good, this squishing <laughs> around of my iced coffee. I kind of like that noise. If you make it into a joke, it's good. Anything's good if you make it into a joke. Um, anyway, so I tried to change my... I got some feedback from my boss, because he loves this show, and he told me to change my uh, picture on iTunes. Well, you know what? I can't do it. I'd have to resubmit the uh, feed altogether, and I don't want to lose whatever I have gained already at this point. That's true? Really? Yeah, I don't know. I've tried to figure out how to do it online. It won't let me do it. Like, I have to edit the RSS feed, and I don't know how to do that without resubmitting to iTunes, in which case I might be, like, a new podcast. Oh, and you'd lose subscribers and all that stuff? Yeah, I'd lose all my precious, precious subscribers. Oh, I love all... 14 of them? <laughs> I think I'm up to like, at, well, at least realistically, there's 30 something. Oh. I think. So, that's yeah. Cool. Well, it keeps going up. The more we do, it's just going to keep going up. That's um, true. Yeah, so I couldn't do that. I'm not good enough with computers, so I got to skip it. Even though I have a better picture that I made where it's just my face and there's no microphone involved. Um, and then I was we going to. We need my face where the question mark is. Do you want? Okay, I'll put you in there. I just need a good pi- Just send me a good picture of you. Uh, okay, never mind. There aren't any. No, just one where I can <laughs> crop your head. Maybe one, just, uh, there's going to be a good one. I'll Actually, I have a couple I'm thinking of. Yeah, those headshots that you sent, that you got taken at uh, oh, yeah, the underground. Oh, yeah, those were really, really, really <laughs> cheap and not good. Um, so we'll go to Glamour Shots. Perfect. Excellent. I'll take you to Glamour, no, I don't need to take you. You go on your own. Does it? <laughs> you do your own work leading into this. Thank you. I'm an independent woman. Is Glamour Shots still around? I believe it is. Maybe at Mayfair Mall? Ugh. Maybe maybe yeah. check out Brookfield Square Mall. Go to the mall. That's where you're getting <laughs> yeah, your pictures done? <laughs> it's the best place. You know, on the way here, uh, I saw a store. What was it called? Can you stop Cla- laughing so much? I'm just um, kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, classy Chicks with Curbs, a vintage boutique. Oh, there's some good ones. There's also a lot of bars that have misspelled uh, names. There's like Boss's Lounge, where it's spelled B-O-S-S-E-S Lounge. So I think it was meant to be like, you know, boss apostrophe. Just for bosses, though. That's the only people who can go there. Yeah. But it would have been better. They would have three S's in a row. I mean, excluding the apostrophe. Boss. (laughs) Boss. It's for snakes. Yeah. It's for executive snakes. Well, there's got to be some snakes living over in that area, right? I mean, that's where you see snakeskin boots if you are uh, hanging out and off the North Avenue. Milwaukee Talk. We're already into the next segment. Milwaukee Talk. Talk to Milwaukee. So here's where we get out of the way at the beginning. You get out of the way, you get housekeeping. That's out of the way. Then, okay. uh, did we finish housekeeping yet? Uh, yeah, I, know, I guess thing. so. And then, second part, Milwaukee I talk. don't do housekeeping, even though I'm a woman and should. That's cool. I'm very domestic, <laughs> except for right now when it's the biggest <laughs> mess. I, I got Scooby-Doo snacks all over the place in here. The packets. snacks. I should have thrown them, thrown them away. And it, this episode brought to you by cartoons from the late 60s. Wait, so all of this sound and stuff? You're making it well worse. Done. You're making it worse. Um... Yeah, brought to you by uh, Fruit Snacks and 60s Cartoons, where they used to use stock footage all the time because the show must go on. That's my philosophy going into this. I'm a lot like a Tex Avery. I like to think of myself as an animator. Because um, I'm Is animating that from a lot around. He's the guy who invented uh, uh, which ones were he, was he responsible for, like Huckleberry There's Hound so and Sam. stuff? Oh. No, Looney Tunes, I believe, was. Well, that was Warner Brothers. I don't know if there were actually, in fact. Mel Blank? Mel Blank was a voice, voice actor. Okay. There's a great radio lab about him. Like, he got in a bad car accident, and he had, like, amnesia, kind of. Yeah, I think I've heard about that. But, yeah, they brought him back by uh, talking to him in, like, those voices, or being like, let's talk yeah, to Bug, and I, he'd be like, I can do Bugs, right? I don't know what Bugs... I sound. think maybe I have heard that one. That's, yeah. I don't even know what Bugs would lab. sound like anymore. Mm. I can't do it. <laughs> he became a heavy smoker once he stopped <laughs> working, and... He never said. It's stopped. changed a lot. It's changed, yeah, and now he can't dress as a woman anymore because, like, uh, for some reason, issues. people are. Again, yeah, you yeah. know, it's a whole cis, cis rabbit issues. 
Indeed. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, where were we going to start? Let's see. Hmm. Oh, I want to do have a hypothetical. I want to do a meta thing to get back to where we start from and talk about hypothetically. Uh, what? Let's say we're making a new podcast because I want to be in a podcast, even though we're technically already on a podcast. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this new, different, alternative universe podcast. I had some possible... Titles. I wanted to do behind the curtain. Clearly, it was. Oh right. I should definitely put a curtain behind myself if I knew how to edit out the uh, color that was already behind me that I used as a background, so I didn't have to go in and edit all the follicles of hair individually. <laughs> that would take a long. That would have taken too long. You have a lot of follicles. I have so much. I should have just. Ha- <coughs> Maybe I'll shave my head and take a new picture. Have you ever shaved your head? You know. Oh yeah, I did actually. When I was living in Seattle, I had I just had Ash just buzz my head all the time for me. Really? It was a deal breaker on some uh, hot some days. Some ladies. <laughs> They're like, you look like you cut your own hair. And I'm like, nah, I got a friend who does it. <laughs> Let me just let it blow away. And maybe the dog eats it. See, I've always kind of wanted to shave my head. Well, I've had al- almost a shaved head. Just uh-huh. very, very, very short hair. But I fear that I would have lots of weird, like... Scars? Scars and divots. I know I have and a couple, because my brother used to kick my ass. Growing up, I remember one time I got a metal whistle lodged on top his. of my head. Yeah, now you got a what? I got a metal whistle lodged into the top of my scalp. Oh Jesus! One time that he was swinging the whistle around and somehow it went in there and <laughs> it just stuck. <laughs> well, it came out, but it was there's a lot of Wait, blood. What I mean, okay. And well, I, yes, your head. Your head is your 90% head is, blood. Well, yeah, it bleeds a lot. I well, I def- definitely still have a scar from when I got mugged. Oh yeah, it's right up here, or well, pistol lift. Street street wise. I had a, no, I was actually really dumb when this happened, and I should never have done it. Now you're I'm not going to do it, and the cops yelled at me real hard for... They're like, why are you walking around in the middle of the night? Five people with guns. Well, no, it was because... Well, yeah, because he pointed... See, I didn't believe it was a real gun. Oh. Uh, it was just some, like, punk teenager, and I thought that I heard something, like, rattling in it. guess it could have been bullets. But I was could like, have been. Bullets don't rattle in a real gun, right? Well, they're hard so, metal either way. Um... So, yeah, and he just tried to grab my purse, and I tried um, reasoning with him. Yeah, one of the very few times I actually carry a purse. Uh, And all your good No, I tried to reason with him, saying that I had no cash. If he took my cards, I would immediately cancel them before he could use them. Just, you know, use your head, dude. That's very logical, yeah. The the mugger. The mugger. Couldn't, yeah. Couldn't see my reasoning and got frustrated and knocked me, <laughs> knocked me on the noggin with his fake gun. It was, a, and I bled a lot. Yeah, I bled a one time. I was walking. I was walking on my way to a bar, and I was almost there, and like a bunch of people were there gathering for what some, bar was something it? sad. Uh, Red Dot. Okay. Um, somebody had died that we all knew, so we were all getting together. That happens. I was, I was almost there when it happened, um, and I just wow. kind of walked in and was trying to catch the blood. Flowing from my head with uh-huh. my cupped hands, and everyone turns around who's gonna say hey, and then it's like, oh my god, she's covered in blood in again. as I'm bleeding all over the place. That would be a so really cool. intricate uh, plan if you wanted to get free drinks. You go to a place. Where oh, I drank like... a lot after that once I got bandaged up. Really? Okay. Yeah. That was like my one of my worst experiences that I talk about. This is when it wasn't that bad. Um, I was used to donate blood because you got to make money somehow. I, I talked about this already. Well, that would be plasma, right? Be right, right, right. Yeah. But it's still big needle going into your arm and everything. Mm. Plasma. Yeah. That's an even bigger one, right? Uh, I don't know, but probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I did regular blood donations at any point. But they have this machine that you're hooked up to, which uh, has a centrifuge in it, which separates the plasma from the right. regular platelets and then puts your blood back, back into you. But anyway, yeah. With, with also with like a saline solution, right? Because my mom Sometimes used they to don't do have that, the saline. And it was, oh, she said I think it was a saline solution. It was really cold. I only did it because I love people that need my uh, AB blood, my positive, oh. my AB positive blood, which is very donatable yes. and rare. Is that the universal mine. one? No, that's O. Uh, AB is oh. a really rare one. I don't know what the, what's better about it. This would be boring to go down this road, but I had a needle. I'm A positive. Oh, good. And I remember that because I'm positive a that my plus. name starts with an A. <laughs> oh, and I'm an A plus gal. You're not spelled E-L-I-S-S-A. N- fuck that. Yeah, I know. That's, get that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had the needle come up. It came out of my arm. 
And so there's this blood going everywhere because they struck a, you know, they get it right into that jugular. Or not jugular, whatever your arm one is. Your arm jugular. Yeah, that's right. Arm giller. And uh, so I stood up because I didn't want to get blood on my pants. And then I almost fainted. And then... Wait, was it... Did a technician make this happen? Yeah, or, okay. her name was Esther. I saw her a lot after that. I just... I let her do it again one time. But anyway... <laughs> I was like, all right, fine, Esther, you're the one. She was nice. She was sweet, other than that time. But then they weren't going to pay me because I didn't donate blood, so I just was like, do the other arm then. So I just did my other arm, even though I had almost fainted and got blood on my only pair of good jeans. Oh, but man. Now I'm back in Wisconsin where I can afford jeans. Kohl's, baby. Go to Kohl's, even though, you know, I need to have separate work pants and uh, non-work pants. Yeah, I have that as well. Because I wear my nice pants to work, and then you're kneeling or something all day, and you get shit on it. Just yeah. fuck up the Literal kneecaps. Because that's what people do. You work in just shit. Throw shit. I work around a lot of chimps. Chimps? Yep. You're talking about people. You know, you work at the zoo. You're cooking at the zoo. They're like, these chimps have high society tastes, and you can't just give them any piece of meat, even though. When I overcook their steaks, they get so pissed off. <laughs> Which one's the most pissed off of the bunch? Eugene. He's kind of a dick. Eugene? I just call him Gene for short. That's one of those nicknames. He doesn't like that. Huge. He'd probably prefer to be. Huge. Hey, yeah. huge. Huge, that's, huge. That's, He's that's, a big... That's hey. Donald Trump's. He's friends with Donald Trump. That's where he got huge from. Trump 16. Wait, did Trump say something about uh, Trump huge? County 16. He, he huged it? He, that's how he says he, it's gonna be huge. Oh, it's gonna be huge. I used Is to that, watch Celebrity Apprentice no. with him. He sounds slimier than that. The voice you used for him was too masculine. Well, now nice. that they, they, Schwarzenegger is doing the new Celebrity Apprentice, right? Have you Fuck seen if that? I know. No, he is. I used to watch Celebrity Apprentice all the time. It was great. Tom Green was on there, and he got kicked off pretty early, but he was really... Uh, I've see, I saw a couple episodes when Meatloaf was on. That's good. Yeah. He, he, it was the same season with Joan Rivers and Annie Duke, the poker player. They were just... Man, they hated each other. And they were the two finalists, and it was great to watch that them. That guy like, and Joan Rivers? No, Joan Rivers and Annie Duke. She's a no, poker player. No, that's what player. I'm saying. Well, Tom oh, Green Annie, hated... Annie Duke? Annie, Annie Duke's her name. Oh, okay. That's you know, argue Andy. with me about Annie... No, because I don't Annie care. Annie Duke. I don't Annie care. Duke. Okay. Um, sorry. Sorry. Anyway, so Scott Hamilton, the Olympic uh, gold medalist, was... Oh, yeah. Trapped. Backflip and Scott. They had... The part of the show that they were supposed to be doing, right, is uh, designing some sort of device or, like, creating, like, a presentation to market some product that they had to invent. Mm -hmm. And Scott Hamilton, for some reason, thought he's, like, more creative or funny than Tom Green. And people should be utilizing their strengths on that show. So Tom Green's like, oh, no, Scott Hamilton, like, he's so funny. Just let him go with it. And he kind of sabotaged himself by allowing Scott Hamilton to, like, Anchor the group. Ice skate into every presentation. Right, exactly. <laughs> so then, of course, Tom Green gets off the, that week, but then the next week, Scott Hamilton's off immediately. <coughs> it's like anytime you watch any reality show, you know right away who's going to get weeded out. Like, I, oh yeah, it's fun. It's fun to kind of study the patterns. Well, study the editing patterns of that for sure. Right, because like, like any documentary, there's a there's a economy of information where they Did reveal... Did you just call a reality show a documentary? Well, in in the same way that like any modern documentary you watch now is just so edited and like non-chronological and non-linear. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where they purposely the like... They, want. they can't tell you the most shocking thing at the very beginning. They save it till the end so they can have like a pseudo twist always. Hmm. You know, um, like, let's see, what are the most popular ones? I watched the one recently about the guy with the uh, arm... I was just going to say, we talked about that last time, and still don't remember we still what it's have called. no idea what it's called. Can I Google it? Can our first comment be somebody please fucking telling us what that show, what that movie is called? Should I not please? figure out the title of the movie then? About guy well, with we arm spent like ten minutes trying to figure it out last time. I feel like we used every iteration of like search language. I found it. We, what? Wait, is this different? Is it Finders Keepers? No. That doesn't sound right. How many documentaries does there need to be about people fighting over a mummified human foot? Uh, uh, no, this is it. This is it. It's called Finders Keepers. Um, oh, why did it... You immediately found that this time, and why did it take us so long last time? Because there were so you many were different ones. your search. A story about fame, addiction, and a custody battle over one man's leg. Oh. 
Oh, and the, the preview doesn't work on the website, or I was going to play it here. Because I noticed that the sound quality is actually pretty good when I did YouTube clips last time. Yeah. Um, fate conspired to separate wood and his foot. Wow, bad writing there. <laughs> I could write that better. Should I write an article about this and put a video link that works? It's just thedailybeast.com. They're really trying to be a... What's that one that everyone loves now? Huffington Post? No. Well, BuzzFeed? BuzzFeed. And BuzzFeed, it's just, it's just bad... GIFs constantly. That's all it is. It's like you remember that GIF from the still, office. I still, I will never say GIF. It's always GIF. Yeah, I had. I'm um, fuck, fuck that inventor guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It was from a college class where somebody insisted that it was this smart professor I have that had all these books on. Uh, oh, I guess I can tell this story. So there's a big divide always in academia between quantitative and qualitative work, where like all the you know, all the quantitative people think that they're better because they're teaching you how to do, like, actual research and, like, mm -hmm. break down, like, statistics and that sort of thing. And, like, go out and do, like, field work and that kind of stuff. Organize, like, actual information. And then qualitative, you just kind of write whatever it is that you like about. So maybe you do research, but it's probably more superficial. But at this point... They tend to be more of, say, like, opinion pieces. Yeah. So, very well-informed opinion pieces. But, you know, the whole goal as an academic is to get published. Right. And no one's going to want to read your big field research Publish, thing. Yeah, or you perish. Right. Publish or perish. And your boss will slit your throat. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it seemed like the quantitative people would always have an advantage because they are taking things more seriously or they're more reali realistic or something. Mm -hmm. But all the qualitative people are the ones getting like all their books published and like going to these conferences. And they're way more entertaining and interesting to listen to. Yeah. Because they're more passionate about what they're teaching. Mm-hmm. But I should have stuck with a quantitative guy because then I would have got my thesis done and I probably would have got out of there. But actually, I did get a, I did use a quantitative advisor. This is boring. We should start over. Do you want to tell? You want to tell us what your thesis was about? Yeah. Uh, do you not, do you not know this yet? I do, but they don't. They don't know this. Yeah, it was about uh, branding and marketing during the uh, 1960s. This particular editor at DC Comics named Mort Weisinger who was basically the guy who, who ran Superman in the ground and made him this hated figure mm -hmm. that he is today. Other, other than, like, for some reason, you still see kids wearing, like, Superman costumes on the street. And it's like, how can yeah, that be your how favorite? Yeah, that still around? Yeah. Same with Captain America. Thing? Like, maybe they just still do movies, but he's just a lame character. Like, mm. and he's not nearly as powerful as any... The whole premise behind Captain America is that he's the first uh, Weapon X. And then you have, like, Wolverine and, like, Deadpool... Like, yeah. all these really cool characters after that. Yeah. Why would you like the one who's got worse powers, who can't, like, regenerate, can't fly, can't do anything, doesn't have sweet claws? That's true. Well, they He's are making an Aquaman movie. Aquaman was just a ripoff of Submariner, which is actually part of my thesis. Submariner yeah. is awesome. He's, uh, I don't know how to really sell Submariner to you guys, but it was, that was basically the beginning of, like, your hero who has, like, such a big glaring weakness that's, like, mm -hmm. more, uh, more... His fatal flaw or something. Right, as opposed to Superman, who's got no flaws, and he was just created as like a, a superhero for like these Jewish kids that needed to project like their hatred of whatever. I don't know. Like he just went around the first like fifty, sixty issues of Superman. He's just like beating up gangsters and stuff. Yeah. And they have no recourse. Like, what are they gonna do? Uh, uh do you have any work. interest in seeing that Superman versus Batman movie? I'll probably watch it because it looks like a giant mess. It does. And who do you think? I like Who do you think would win in that hypothetical battle? Well, I think if Batman got his hands on Kryptonite, he, he could probably easily win. But either way, uh, oh, he can't kill Superman though, because even when he was when he fought that monster that was made out of Kryptonite, Ooh. he and buried under the world, death of Superman, uh, he just came back. His heartbeat had just slowed down to like a crazy rate. And then there was three uh -huh. other like imposter Supermans who pop up. There's Seal, mm -hmm. like the Shaquille O'Neal movie. It's based on. That character, even though uh, it's so terrible. There's... There is no other Shaquille O'Neal movie than Shazam. Uh, there's Blue Chips. That's actually a pretty good one. I don't... With Nick Nolte. I don't acknowledge any other Shaq movie than Shazam. I wish he was still in... He was in Scary Movie 4 with Leslie Nielsen. I don't acknowledge that movie. Or was it 5? You lost count? You yeah. lost count. I lost yeah. count. There's a couple decent jokes in it. It's about... Those, are, a... those are Wayne Brothers joints, right? Joints, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they can be kind of funny occasionally. Like, White Chicks has got its moments. I've never seen. It's probably just because I hate white girls so much. What's the other I mean, one? not white like girls in movie. general. Damn it. <laughs> Valley Girls. If you ever want to date again, don't say you hate white girls. Uh, what was Movie 54? Is that what it was called? 
Oh, that, that wasn't them? that wasn't them, but that's one of the worst movies ever made. Really? Yeah. Or like Meet the Spartans. Why do you think so many people, so many really big celebrities, signed on to do that movie? Cameos. They just get paid for it being for probably being like, there for like three hours. I'm sure they get flown out and like sure. accommodated for a week, and they only need to be there for yeah. They don't need to try to act or like get into character. They just jump in I and suppose, say yeah. like. Here's a joke that's about me and the tabloids right now that I'm just going to blow up or something. Yeah. Maybe it's a chance for them to feel like they're like rectifying some sort of situation. See, I'm cool. I can parody myself. Yeah. I don't take myself too seriously. Oh, well, I always like when people are. I mean, that's the whole problem with Kanye West, right? That's why everybody, uh, he's like a pariah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, really other than the care. fact that he lives in France with the Kardashians, like. They live in France? I think they do, but they, they could have On the Angelina uh, Brad Pitt uh, estate? Well, uh, Johnny Depp also lives in France. And he only does oh, movies yeah. in Canada or He's France. He's in the now. news. He's in the news for being such a horrible actor lately. No, I, mean, I thought for being a horrible um, boyfriend, domestic abuser. <laughs> oh, is he? Well, well, that's what all that's what all the mags tell me. Can't get away. Actors can't get away with anything, but rock stars can. Rock stars could be, you know, they. Well, I guess Rob Lowe made a comeback later on, but he was just attractive mm. as an older man. Like, so I think he had the same sort of thing where he was like on a bunch of drugs and kind of like a womanizer. Earlier in well, his... yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of those Brat Pack guys did. Andrew, uh, what's his name? Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy. I love Andrew McCarthy. And what's the inf- what's the public infatuation with uh, James Spader right now? What did he do? Why is I didn't a... even know there was a pub. I've always been infatuated with uh, Spader? James Spader. I liked him on Boston Public with uh, or Boston um, Legal. Boston uh, Legal. Blacklist. Yeah, that's but... apparently a really popular show. I don't feel like it is. I feel like the whole popularity was the huge like advertising. They make it sound like it's popular on mm-hmm. the ads. Like I think Fox just put a ton of money into like let's make this show that's a combination of Breaking Bad and uh, House of Cards, which is I think what they're going for. And oh well, that pitch works for me. Right? Yeah. I mean, theoretically, but there is no other James Spader project than Stargate. What about Better Off Dead? I love Stargate. I don't acknowledge that. You don't Stargate's acknowledge that either. pretty damn awesome. I love... You gotta, yeah, you gotta admit that. My only problem with Stargate is that Kurt Russell doesn't click into being a badass until like an hour and a half into it, because he's like the downtrodden like dad, army dad whose kid had just died, and then he gets sent to some other universe, and all of a sudden now he's like, hey, I can be cool again. I don't and you're like, why aren't you Snake Plissken right now? I know. He, well, he basically is towards the end. Yeah. Like, I know, but you want it. Yeah. You want it you want it to get pliskened much well, sooner than that. Let's talk some Kurt Russell here. I mean he's in uh in Tango and Cash for some reason. It's him and Sylvester Stallone, but Sylvester Stallone plays the brains behind it. <laughs> wow. It makes no sense. It's just total miscasting. It's like Stallone being like, I don't want to just be a tough I've guy again. That. I don't know if it's a good movie, you should watch it. They have like a monster truck car chase in it. It's pretty cool. It's rad. I I'm sure I have, but I can't think of any other uh Kurt Russell movie that I've seen other than all um, the John Carpenter stuff like The Thing and no, Escape from LA, Escape from New York. Nope, never seen any of those. Um, Big Trouble in China, baby. I will. I I promise you, I will watch that at some point. Best um, movie ever. No, the the one of the halves of the Grindhouse thing. Oh, uh, called? that's a great I, movie. I, um, it. Um, Gri- uh, I was gonna say Grindhouse. That's not right. No, that's the. <laughs> it's the, the one about the car. Yeah. Um, where he plays uh, Psycho Mike or something like that. I don't remember. I think that's his name. And I also can't remember the title. Um, Death Proof. Yeah. It's a great movie. That's uh, great. They actually have a lot of... They go to a bar midway through where they have all these uh, allusions to earlier Kurt Russell movies. Like, they have his shirt from Big Trouble in Little China hanging on oh, the That makes sense. ...wall there, which is great. I don't. I didn't really like Hateful Eight very much. I thought... Oh, I haven't seen that yet. The fact that the script had been leaked and Quentin Tarantino rewrote it in, like six months or something kind of ruined it oh really yeah i think they changed a lot of stuff because the script was leaked online mm. and uh then you know then tarantino's dad got mad at him for making fun of cops or something you see this no oh, okay i'll read it because i don't know if a lot of people are familiar it's gonna turn into another movie episode it always does but we kind of go wherever it goes i guess follow your bliss follow your bliss that's what i learned from reading uh what book is that in one of them Quintanino's dad says son is dead wrong. This is on Fox News, so you know it's right. Ooh. It's their entertainment division. Fox 411. Oh my god, that's so lame. Yeah, so Tarantino criticized police officers at a New York rally for some reason. And his dad said, I love my son and have great respect for him as an artist, but he is dead wrong in calling police officers murderers. He is a passionate man and that comes out in his heart, but sometimes he let his passion blind him to the facts of reality. 
Oh no, not a Fox News ad. This is just going to be actually the story that I'm reading right now. I, <laughs> and uh, let me criticize one thing, man. Sometimes they, uh, the story will be verbatim what they say in the video that's attached to the story that autoplays when you open oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm not that lazy. I open a story, I'm going to read it because I want to read it. I don't know how many Fox News consumers can read. You're right. So I need a video. They probably can't even barely figure out how to maneuver the website. And they're like, what is this Tarantino? I don't care about this. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> he made movies? <laughs> Quentin Tarantula? Who's that? That would be funny. We should do that. How would we do that? I don't know. <laughs> Make it, that's our awesome character. Do you remember our, our character? Comic strip, Quentin Tarantula. <laughs> well, it could be featuring Kermit the Cricket. Remember we talked Kermit about... Kermit Oh, yeah. Kermit, I don't remember this, but... but Jeff brought it up. Oh, yeah. Hi, Jeff. Piper. Shout out. Speaking hey, Jeff. Of, I don't know you, but what's up, buddy? You don't need to know him. Okay. Yeah, you do. I'm sure you're great. He's going to be on it. Best boss of anybody who... Oh, that's your boss. That's my boss. Okay. Oh, well, Jeff, thanks Ideal for listening. Audience. What would you tell your boss... You're rad. ...right now if he was listening to your podcast? My boss is a woman. Oh, Brooke? And... No. New Well, one. I mean, she's still there. Aaron. We don't need to. T- okay. We don't need to. Na- Nobody knows who these names are, and we're no, the only thing we could do is get in trouble. But we just know, yeah. <laughs> you know, lots of people. Um, what What was the question? It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I see. Uh, she's great, and I love her. She's my friend. She's a great friend. Great boss. I love to have a boss as a friend. Yeah, it's it's cool. We can both All do it. We cool can separate. We can separate. We can separate work and. Business. We can separate business and pleasure. <laughs> well, kind of, I, I mean, yeah, you get to the point where you get so comfortable at work I'm or not your family. Say that. Yeah, you don't need to say anything negative about your boss. No, it wasn't going to be negative, but I just uh, shut up and listen. Yeah, uh, brought to you by glasses. Edit that out. People wear glasses so that they can see better, but you can see right through glasses. Can you see right through my glasses right now? Because they're so smudged and I cannot, I feel like I cannot get them clean. I think we're kind of letting them behind the mirror here. Behind the mirror? That would be a new what? one. <laughs> I said behind the curtain a lot. That was my running gag, but this time you can see behind the mirror. Behind the mirror is just all my it's all my drugs and my creams and my potions and myself. Through the looking glass. Oh, I meant like literally like behind the... Well, I guess... You, I'm talking about a vanity mirror. Oh, I know. I have a mirror that you can put yeah. things behind. And actually my bathroom mirror doesn't even open. I should have a bathroom mirror that I can put a lock on so I can hide some really important stuff in there. Like When you go to people's houses, Nazi gold. do you look... In their medicine cabinet? No, I try to avoid doing that because that's seeing too far behind the curtain. I don't need to... See, I've been here several times to record with you and when I use your bathroom, it's often open. Oh. <laughs> An open invitation to look you can. into your stuff. I actually haven't. I've avoided because I don't want to see something weird. There's nothing weird. I ha- <laughs> let me tell you right now. I have aspirin. Floss. I have floss. I, I have those flossing stick things that you yeah, use. Yeah, I have those two that I never use. Those are nice because they have a toothpick on one end. I know. So when you... Loosen all the garbage and debris. I only use in them when mouth. I eat popcorn. I only use them when I remember that I have them. Actually, I hadn't used floss for years, and people were really giving me crap about this. But then I found so I cleaned out my car the other day. Uh huh. I found a world of good in there. I found like. <laughs> Please do tell. I found like what five. Treasure trove was your car. <laughs> five different kinds of melatonin, like liquid melatonin, like pill melatonin. Melatonin like, vapor. Melatonin that We've you got melatonin in the diffuser, the podcast diffuser. No, that would make us tired. Theoretically. Oh, what did you? Well, you put something in there. What did you put in there? Uh, I think it was. Don't tea you usually tree oil. use tea tree? Yeah, that's. That was the, the official. One. The official sponsor of this podcast, tea, tea tree oil. Brought to you by tea tree oil. The kind I love of tea tree oil. The that's... kind of oil that is good for you. That's my body wash. Really? Tea tree oil. Yeah. What kind of oil do you think the Tin Man used? Just regular oil. WD forty. I don't think he had that. You think there's a name brand involved? Have we talked? We talked yeah, about this before. Yeah, they need to earn money. We got into what, this before. Branding? Well, that was kind of the loose oh, subject. No, I was gonna say the uh, ads. No, huh. we're not on the same page today. Uh, this, <laughs> you could just tell me what you're talking about. When the when the names of something uh, oh become yeah that, synonymous we with still uh, what did we kind of decide on metonymy? I think it is a metonymy. I still don't think that's Speeding right, but... Me- no, we had a different, better one. We're going back down the same road. Is it a metonym? No. Metonymy. Uh, if I've looked it up before, the sub- substitution of the name of an attribute or adjunct for that thing meant, for example, suit for a business executive or the track for horse racing. Yeah, so that's not it. It kind of is, though. It's just a different example no. of metonym. It's like a proper metonym no. or something. 
But I can't coin that myself. You know, like a Hoover. Right. There was some... Yeah, we found something that... We found a definition that did not satisfy me completely, but we have to stick with it. And, well, that movie's called Finders Keepers. Okay, good. We like got a, one answer down. That sounds like a horror movie. One mystery solved. It does. What's it? I'm thinking... What are we thinking of? Jeepers Creepers? Of course, yeah. Yeah. Where'd you get those peepers? That movie has one good device in it, is that every time you hear that song, oh. you know somebody's about to die. What do you think about that one? The Shallows? I haven't seen anything about this yet. I want to go see that Lobster movie. Have you heard Me about too. It? That's, I wanted to bring that up, yeah. I think I might I might do that on my birthday tomorrow. It sounds like it sounds very similar and to the Haruki okay. Murakami book. Um, on this, you mean, are we talking about The Shallows? Oh, I was just wondering if you had an opinion on it. On The Lobster? On seeing it for your birthday? No, on The Shallows. Um, I haven't heard dumb. of it yet. It's PG-13, which means that it yeah. can't actually be scary. And it just sounds like Jaws, kind of, except for maybe they just make the people more attractive. Oh, Blake Lively. She it's never just... needs to be in anything ever again. Um, well, I hear that, that the romant- there's a romantic comedy where she doesn't age, and all the men that she oh, God. dates getting yes. Age of Adeline. Yeah. I heard that Harrison Ford's really good in it, and I could see He's it. in that? Yeah. Oh. He's one of the love interests, where he's like, oh, I'm weird. 70, and you're still... I think that movie would creep me something. out. It is kind of a creepy setup. Yeah. I Ever watched... see Benjamin Button? Yeah, that's okay. No, it's just it. like a magical realism Forrest Gump remake. Mm. Kind of, where it's like, look at all these things that he did, but, you know, it's not really about the things he did, he's just aging backwards. There's like a larger yeah. question here that we need to try to answer, but we don't answer because we kind of gloss over it the whole... It's, one of those... it's no philosophical journey like Meet Joe Black. Oh, Meet Joe Black. I fell, I fell asleep in the movie theater <laughs> during that movie. Let's see which ones I've fallen asleep. Have you ever walked out of a movie? Uh, only once, and it was Blair Witch Project 2. Um, About ten minutes in. It had a great soundtrack, though. What, what It's not what I was looking for. What turned you off ten minutes in? It was, it was completely they, different tonally, yeah. and it wasn't like the found footage kind of poor production Select, quality. Yeah. Whatever that word is. Which I loved. I loved Blair Witch. The first one, yeah. Yeah, cool. and it was Blair Witch 2 is a completely different the book thing. Of, did they open the Book of Shadows at the beginning? And then you're like, oh, uh, I don't want to be in here. Well, probably, that probably called. just sounded stupid to me. It is stupid. I wanna, I, well, I went, my mom and I went, and we both just kind of looked at each other and like, uh-uh. One of the worst movies I ever saw, I didn't walk out of it. It's this movie about uh, that woman who wrote Valley of the Dolls. What's her name? It's like a biopic. Joan Collins? No, that's not right. Uh, Bette Midler plays her in this biopic, um, which also has Nathan Lane, I think, in it. It was just the worst movie ever. Sweet. Birdcage. Pride Fest 2016. Uh, Valley of the Dolls, let's see. Which is actually still a pretty uh, good book, man. Um, Oh, it only got a 5.8 out of 10 on... uh, Anne Wells. Anne Wells isn't correct. Oh, this is the movie version. This isn't... Sharon Tate was in that. Oh, R.I.P. Jacqueline Suzanne. Was the name of the woman? I never would have thought of it. That wrote a it. Two first namer. A double namer. Those are usually pretty good. Or serial killers. Mm. We talked a lot about uh, when Garrett was on. We had uh, he played some of Charles Manson's music for everyone. He's really oh, into really? horror stuff. Yeah, Charles Manson had some pretty decent tunes back in the day. That he really? Wrote. Yeah, he was a promising musician and what, guitarist. Yeah, he was a singer, songwriter, composer. He kind of sounded like Beach Boys kind of stuff. Really? Right. Yep. That's weird. Very I guess positive. I'll just have to go listen to that. You will. because have to listen to one that I'm not on. We're going to not make this into a thing that every week I play Charles Manson music. Yeah, I can't we don't have... You just had, to, you just had to spark the flame and I can... Yeah, I can, can I can fan it. it later. Yeah, in my own time. Listen to how polished we are compared to episode one. We should do a playback of the first one and, and do a voiceover on it. Be like, what, listen to those two crazy kids. I don't think it was bad. Oh. I just think every time you do one with anyone, you get better at it. Well, like, sure. the first one I do with anybody is going to be worse than the fourth one. Of course. Probably. Like the yeah, fir- probably. Like, when I record one in, how things work. in the car with my boss at work, it's going to be... Is that going to happen? Oh, yeah, we're doing it. Isn't that going to be silly? So silly. Epi- silly boys. So this is eight. So nine will be the Jeff episode. And 10, we've already got to celebrate that we're on the 10th episode, so that should be the Sweden episode where we call Sweden finally. <gasps> That's a great idea. If anybody hasn't remembered this idea yet, there's a national phone number Did for Sweden. Did we even Sweden. talk about doing that? I think we did in the first here? episode, yeah. Okay. Actually, it was the third episode. It was our first episode. Well, right. Am I going to remember all this when there's like 100 of them? 
I'm going to be like, well, that was actually episode 57 when we mentioned that. You know, and there's like... Somebody will start a wiki for us. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be a dream come true. That's mm-hmm. my biggest That's when dream. you know you really made it. And then I can go a wiki. perform at uh, open mics. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're here with our podcast this week. We need to get... that. No, that's when you know... That's when you know you made it. Someone starts a wiki about you and you get to do live shows. So yeah. That sounds fun. Well, I do have stand-up I'm going to do in, uh, in New York. Right. That I've been writing. It's pretty funny. It's pretty edgy material. Because I need to play to my crowd, and I think New York people have heard everything. Oh, boy. No cliches They're here. hardened, those peeps. Yeah. Ugh, they... Sorry I said peeps. Ugh, I don't know a lot of... I don't really like a lot of New York stand-ups very much. I think the most I'm famous, just, like, I'm notable one more... is Harrison... What's his name? Sorry. Burris? Hannibal, Hannibal Burris. Burris. I always... I hear Burris and Burress, and I still don't know which is right. My buddy knows him personally, my New York really? friend. Yeah. That's cool. Because he goes to the New York comedy clubs all the time, so... And he gets really drunk, so within a matter of time, he was drunk enough to talk to Hannibal Burr. Sure, sure. That was probably years ago already. Yeah, all the, most of the comedy that I consume in the form of stand-up and or podcasts is mm-hmm. LA-based. Yeah, same here. For some reason, they're just more uh, hippie-ish, they I guess. Got that, Maybe that's what it they got, got that vibe, man. They got that sweet vibe. <laughs> we went to Duncan Trussell. We did go to Duncan Trussell. Let me just do a huge shout out to how great Duncan Trussell is. You yeah, know? well, his opener was great. And do you remember his name? Yeah, that's his name. Uh, I do remember it. He was on a recent episode that was really good. Um, of Duncan Trussell's yeah, podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should check on my phone. Vent for me for a second. Oh. Don't crash into the diffuser. We need that. <laughs> I didn't trip over the couch. Um... <laughs> Shout out to some stand-up that people haven't heard of, but have still heard of a yeah, lot more Yeah, go than check. Me. Hey, free plug for this guy once we figure out his name. He's really, really funny. No, it's he was not on a, He was on a recent... It's uh, Mikey Campman. Mikey Campman. That doesn't sound familiar, but okay. That's his name. I'm positive. And um, it's weird when he does episodes... Mikey Campman. Funny dude. Duncan Trussell sometimes does episodes like where he'll go out in public and do stuff and talk like a Like a Billy on the Streets? Kind of, except it's a radio show. Okay. He did right. with... Kind of like that, but not but not at all like that. Yeah, I mean, though, you need to, like, keep the plot kind of moving if you're out in public. Because like... he's not a hyper-spastic gay man. No. Yeah, Billy on the Street's pretty funny, though. I, yeah, I love Shout Billy Shout out to Eichner. Billy on the Street. Billy yeah, Billy Eichner. Eichner. And I like that he gets, like, whoever he wants, like, Tom Hanks. <coughs> he had uh, uh, Tina Fey. He had... Uh-huh, I saw that one. He had a lot of people. I haven't watched all of them, but I like the Impractical Jokers, and it leads into it sometimes. I was listening to This American Life, and one of these stories was about uh, New York thing, um, improv everywhere. Okay. Have you heard of that? No. I'd probably um, be game. Yeah, it's based in New York, I believe, and they just go out. It's a group of like, well, I mean, I'm sure they're, oh, their group size actually. Uh, fluctuates, I'm sure, depending on the... well. Depending on their mission, they call it missions. 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 Um, and they are agents. Do they film them? Oh, that's like no. UCB. Have you watched the UCB TV show? Were they all playing? No, I haven't, but I'm sure it's on CISO. Plug for CISO. Um, all comedy all the time. The fourth season's amazing. Don't bother with the first three, but they are some, okay. some great long-form improv episodes. It's one oh, about, nice. There's, there's one, oh, you should keep telling your story. I'm sorry. I'll interrupt Oh, you no, just that it... Sounded cool, and you like improv, so I just figured improv everywhere. And so they, you know, they, the guy says he doesn't like to call them pranks, per se, because prank implies that there's like a victim who right. is kind of meant to look foolish. The whole world is. A he victim. just wants. Yeah, we're all victims, guys. Uh, that's not true. How many victims do you have to have before you shame ourselves? When you can't take it <laughs> personal anymore. Um, no, he just wants to make them all happy, so they're kind of like. Yeah, that's why he just calls them oh, missions. That's an easy and there was, way to get away with it. Um, he was trying to make the nice people happy. The last one, I was on the podcast of This American Life, and I stopped it before his segment was over, but the last one he was talking about was their mission called, like, the Mobius Strip, I believe it was called. Oh, I love the Mobius Strip. And he, he and his group of agents went into a uh, Starbucks, and they each had their own thing that they would do over and over again. So he and his girlfriend would get into the line, have a fight at the line, uh-huh. like, um, and, like, she would storm out and he would run after her. Some other dude coughed at a very particular time. Some other guy had a particular conversation on his cell phone. And they would all 
well, I suppose the people in the place, the agents in the Starbucks stayed there. But the couple, they would come back in four minutes later because it was in five-minute chunks, and they uh, would do it 12 times over an hour. So oh, they would okay. go back in the line, and the other guy it would be perfectly planned out. They'd just do the same things over and over and over again. And after like the third or fourth, after the third or fourth time, customers kind of started to like notice a little bit. Like they'd chat to each other, like, "Man, that guy should really break up with his girlfriend." And then towards like the ninth or tenth time, they kind of understood what was going on, and they were kind of like, "All right, now this guy kind of groundhog daying it in Mm -hmm. a way. Like, okay, this guy's gonna cough now. Yeah, they all kind of figured it out. And then after the twelfth, after the twelfth time, they just left." And that was it. Those guys left. They should have came yep. back every day and done it for a while, like Groundhog Day. That's my favorite part of Groundhog what? Day is when he's making like the lists of what, uh, what's her, what her name, what's her name likes and doesn't like. Oh right. Well, and didn't somebody figure out how many days he actually went through because of all the things he mastered, and it takes like ten thousand hours to master something. The great Malcolm Gladwell uh, quotient. Right. So they figured out it would have to be something like something in the thousands of years. Yeah. Or maybe not years, days. No, it was probably no, it was probably years. It was like a thousand years or something like that. Really? Okay. That he was stuck in the loop. Huh. That movie could have turned out anyway, by the way. That's such a that's still a great movie. It's a classic, but yeah. uh, Harold Ramis, man. He had he had some of the You got Harold Ramis and Bill Murray. Well he he had some of the worst movies ever made and some of the best movies. Like, Harold Ramis did, uh, you know, Year One with Michael Sarah walking around. He oh, did, yeah, uh, we talked about that. Remake of Bedazzled with uh, Brendan Fraser. It yeah. all depends on who the stars of it were. Even though, like, I guess. Year One could have turned out all right, because he had Jack Black and Michael Sarah before everyone hated mm-hmm. maybe both of them. Like, I still like Jack Black, but I think he's kind of oh, worn yeah. out his welcome a little bit. So he's just become, his... like, he's just become, like, a dad now, you know? A gay uncle. He's the gay uncle? I think he's the gay uncle. Really? He's a little flamboyant. I suppose. I can see him see playing that. a gay uncle in something. I feel like he's more childlike than flamboyant, really. You're right. Maybe a fool type of character. Yeah, it's, Indeed, a, it's puckish. Still a lot of physical comedy for sure. Yeah, who doesn't love those. who doesn't love a roly poly just flinging himself around? Well, I had a friend who was arguing with who was trying to tell me that like high fidelity is ruined by the fact that everyone now knows that Jack Black can sing because that's sort of like what they reveal at the end of the movie. Oh. But that whole movie, he's singing, and you can tell that he's a good singer. So I don't know why nobody caught it the first time. It's so like it watch- ruins it that this it's ruined because the schlubby character like can actually like has a talent. Well, no, or- no, because <laughs> they, they build up to the fact that like his band has to perform <laughs> at the music release party for John Cusack's like return back to DJing after however many years. So he's I like, I really don't, ever. I really don't want you to play here. Like, can I pay you a million dollars to not like show up and do your show at at this thing? And then he comes out and he's like, he does uh, Marvin Gaye and like he sings really well. Mm. And they're like, oh, this is great. But it's one of those things like Sixth Sense where like you re rewatch and you see everything the whole time. Yeah. Like when I rewatch it now, I'm just like, well, he's singing the whole movie. Like I see him singing. John Cusack's really dead the whole time. John Cusack is... Uh... I don't think I've ever seen the entirety of High Fidelity. I think I've just seen clips. Or it's such a part of like cultural film literacy mm-hmm. that I feel like I've seen it and maybe never actually have. You should watch it. It's great. I'm sure I sure I should. I'm sure. It's what, <laughs> sure you I'm should. sure I should. Well, like, I was, uh, I'm sure I should. This is, a, this is a common topic that I'm bringing up, but maybe I haven't brought up when I was talking to you yet, is there's certain authors who, for some reason, just translate really well to film, like Nick Hornsby is one of yeah. them. Uh, who, who's the other big one? Well, Roald Dahl, obviously. Like, every uh-huh. movie they make out of his stuff. And then there's people like Kurt Vonnegut, or, you know, uh, what's his face? Thomas Pynchon. Mm. Or, like, a lot of famous authors who, for some reason, they just is never, like, a good movie adaptation of one of their... I'd like to see them try again with a lot of these postmodern things. That, like, at the time, there was no way to really... Like, Watchmen, when they just made that into a movie recently, and it was sort of fine, because yeah. they had all the technology to, like, put, him in, put that blue guy in space and have him be able Get to, that like... that blue dick out. Yeah, they did let that... And it was Billy Crudup playing yeah, that character. I know. I love him. I don't think it's his real dick. Blue, blue dick man and Jesus. Dr. Manhattan, actually, is his name. Jesus? Oh, you mean in... Oh, no, that was Jim Caviezel in Passion of the Christ. He's in a movie called Jesus' Son, which I like, which is also... There's a lot of great cameos in it. It's based on a collection of short stories by uh, Dennis Johnston, I think. Dennis Johnston's his name. Um, So you got Dennis Hopper in there. He's amazing. Jack Black's in there. Dennis Leary's in there. Uh, Samantha Morton plays Billy Crudup's love interest in it. Is this recent? 
No, I think it's from like 96 or 95 or something. Huh. There's a lot of other really good actors in it. I forget who else does like awesome cameos, but Dennis Leary's great. I love him. Jesus' his son? Yeah, it's called Jesus' son. Huh. I loaned it to somebody and I don't think I'm ever going to get back because that person's not going to return my movies. Hope she listens to this and brings them back. Yeah. Got one of your books, girl. If you want your book oh, back. Oh, well, see, she figured it's a fair trade. It would be. I have, yeah, I have your Ever? Save the Cat, which I've kind of, I've been looking through. I probably won't read the whole uh, thing. You would have liked the second one better if I had been able to find it. Because no. it was just a But break. I will make sure that I get that back to you. That's okay, don't worry about it. At some point. I committed that almost to memory. I read it so many freaking times. That's why it looks like a piece of garbage at this point. Oh, but, man, I have so many books that, I mean, they're all, like, taped together and shit. Are you one of those people who only reads uh, nonfiction now? There's so many people no. who are like, I only read nonfiction. No. Good. I like fiction better because it gives me ideas. Mm. Nonfiction kind of does, but it always feels like they're trying to convert you to their way of thinking. Or maybe fiction does. So if you have a strong enough authoritative voice, it feels like they're trying to get you to think the way they're thinking. Well, I mean, they, it, they obviously have a thesis statement that they're trying to persuade you well, maybe correct so but sure in a way they are what about all those like drug addicted authors like lewis carroll like what was he trying to get what was his thesis statement oh you're saying fiction writers are trying to convince you of something? oh I, either or both of them I think. Well, i'm saying nonfiction for sure i think yeah well it depends on if it's like an essay like a personal essay a reflexive essay sure it's just trying to Persuasive tell you a story uh-huh Whereas, yeah, there could be a persuasive essay. I mean, you know, there's, like, David Foster Wallace's Brief Conversations with Hideous Men is much different than... Oh, no, those are short stories. Um, I think essays, Consider the Lobster. Yeah, sure. Is much different than a Malcolm Gladwell book of, you know, essays. Right, I so. want to see his fiction book. I want to read the Malcolm Gladwell book about... Well, like, uh, Ethan Hawke wrote a long novel that's terrible. It's like a film noir novel. Oh. There's a lot of these guys when they get so privileged as artists or something, they decide that's that, always been my true calling. Yeah, I'm a novelist, okay. and you could just imagine it being his character from uh, Before Sunset. Something that the you guys... don't want to read um, James Franco's book of short stories, Palo Alto. Well, he's been writing on. I think he, he contributes to McSweeney's pretty regularly, along with James uh, Franco. Yeah, I think so. really along with Jesse Eisenberg is always. I know. I want to get Jesse Eisenberg's uh, book of is it short stories or essays? I don't know. But then you got, like, uh, Seth Rogen as a writer. I think he had some stuff on there. Do I mean, a lot of these guys are writers. Do you consider David Sedaris's work to be short stories or essays? Probably essays because they're supposed to be, like, non-fictional, guess, well, some, even though they're so clearly he's got, embellished. I think he's got one of actual short stories. I'd read it. Um, I don't know where we're at. We're at pretty long. At the, or something at the feet of Hercules. Or, I don't remember. 47 minutes already. 48 hey. minutes. Oh, well, okay, I did have a thing that I wanted to mention. Was, I mean, I guess it's kind of a downer. Go ahead. <laughs> but I feel like you would probably know a lot about this or be interested. Possibly. I fell down, this is, this is just last night, I oh. fell kind of down a rabbit hole of um, looking up, and I'm not going to attempt to even say his name, because I'm sure Vietnamese is not... Uh, ph- phonetic <laughs> for an English speaker, but the monk that self-immolated himself. Oh, Thich Nhat Han now. Oh, you're talking about the guy who burned himself. Self-immolation, indeed. Yeah. Uh, in 1963, yeah. Um, I don't know why. Oh, what? yeah. Why I first got on him was I would think I was looking. I was looking through an article about a book of. Um, like realistically colorized black and white photos. Sure. And his was one of them. I was like, mm, thank God somebody this, been this there to looks take a interesting picture. and morbid. Yeah. Let's find out more about this. So I don't know. I was just kind of looking him up and what about out what the about story. him? I just thought it was it was very heartbreaking, but also really beautiful and fascinating. Yeah. There's um, there's a Japanese author who wrote. He had a trilogy of books, and when he finished writing the third one, he'd think he just killed himself. Because he was like, there's my thing. By burning? By setting No, I think by... it was seppuku or something, but... Oh, was like um, a... well, then I, well, I <clears throat> then fell down... Well, one of the things that it was linked to, I was looking him up, was Quora. Are you ever on that website? Yeah, yeah, Quora's fun. Um, Q-U-O-R-A. Q-U-O-R-A, yes. Um, 
It's like a Reddit for nerds. I should use that more. Smart often. people. Yeah. Reddit. Like inquisitive people. Uh, no, Cora, you can, that you can really go down a rabbit hole. Oh, easy, yeah. But um, just kind of different links to him. Like, how could he, how could he have remained so still? Like, what, how long did it take him to die? Like, what, What's that what mean? about his, yeah, what about his Buddhist practices maybe scientifically could allow him to sustain that? It, it happened, I think he was, it was about 10 minutes yeah. long that he was on fire. Well, some of those guys, they can, you or know. Or at least they, alive on fire, I don't know. They can, they can slow their heartbeat to like three times per hour or something. Like maybe that's an exaggeration. Well, it's just kind like of 10 like or 11. The, the masterful meditation that allows you to not, like pain doesn't exist anymore. Right. Well, the whole practice of meditation, you're supposed to just be sitting in your in your pain. You're supposed to just be acknowledging the emotions that come up when you're sitting silently because nothing good comes up into your head when you're sitting silently. But I think his particular style of Buddhism wasn't supposed to just be kind of nothingness, like you're entering back into yeah, it's kind of well, seeking nirvana or whatever. Well, most... Uh, I am by no means an expert in Buddhism, so I'm probably going to sound stupid. I've Justin actually been reading a lot, a lot about this. Yeah, most, about this idea. I'm, this is my, Dunk, my Duncan Trussell... Uh, this is your Duncan stuff. Trussell moment. Tate Holmes stuff. Yeah. Well, a lot of most meditation has a subject. Like, if you're focusing on something. A mantra? Or well, is mantra, that different? That, no, that counts as a subject, I think. But then, like, the objective of, like, uh, Zen Buddhism is to just feel completely disassociated from, like, everything. Like, you're not... And I think he was a Zen Buddhist, wasn't he? Probably. Zen Buddhism was really he popular on that. a very specific style or subset of Buddhism. Yeah, a lot of people are really against... Zen Buddhism just basically believes, like, it's, like, existentialist. Like, the world just ends. There's no, like, afterlife. There's no reincarnation. Oh, it's really? Like, yeah. It, it's a really harsh, like, version of Buddhism. Like, a lot of... But, I mean, a lot of the Buddhism stuff that you would read about, like, now is, like, trying to make it palatable to a Western audience, where they're yeah, trying to make it sound, like, refreshing and, like, relaxing and, like, medicine, medicinal sort of thing. I don't know. Uh, what was his name? Can I try to say it? Let me yeah, try to say it. I'm not gonna even try. Does this phone work how mine works? Quan Probably not. Dirt, Quan, Quan Duke? Tick Quan Duke. Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva Tick Quan Duke. But see, that's probably not. I mean, you're kind of saying it phonetically as an English speaker, I'm sure. It's oh, I'm, I'm sure. But... You had a specific, yeah, there was a spe specific kind. Of Buddhists. That was a very interesting time to be alive, I'm sure. When you felt like that sort of uh, public... Well, and also, I did come across a video cool. of it as well. And it was, I mean, it was definitely shortened or edited uh, together because it was only ended up being about two minutes. But it <laughs> was very... Screaming. No, they were, they were playing... Um, it, there was music over it, and I believe... I think it was kind of the main dramatic theme of, um, shit. One of those famous movies, like, uh, one of those, Carries all, of Fire or something? The four, like, the four, like, the drug addicts, the, Ellen Burstyn is, like, addicted to pills. Oh, uh, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream, I think it might have been, or it was either that or It should at least the, use a song um, that was from the time period. The Hugh Jackman accurate. movie where he's a Buddhist. Oh, I think it was actually from that. Kundun? Is that it? No, um... Tree, not Tree of Life. Um, him and Rachel Weisz. Oh, man, I don't know. Hugh Jackman? Yeah. I thought you said Gene Hackman. That's why I went for nope. the other one. Um, God, what is it called? I'm so... I'm terrible. I'm that's sorry. okay. No, you're not that bad. Um, not that bad. That's the best oh, I Oh, God, be. he was in Chappie. I forgot. Prisoners? He's in movie 43. Why the hell is he in that? They probably intended for that Twitter. to be good. Um, Real Steel. I really enjoy this movie, The Fountain. Oh, The Fountain. I, 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 I think, I think it was the main dramatic theme to The Fountain. Well, that's Aaron Aronofsky, the same guy who did it. Aronofsky, yeah. Um, and that would make sense because it's kind of about this guy reaching enlightenment. I don't know. Have you never seen The, the Fountain? No, I did watch it. I didn't like it. I got really? bored and I turned it off. I think I rented it one time. Huh. If I go to a theater, I probably would have sat through the whole thing, and then I would have liked it a lot better. But at the time, I was like, this is an Aronofsky movie. It's going to be really depressing. I'm not going to waste yeah, my time. No, it is. Yeah, it's pretty depressing. Every one of his movies is depressing. Uh, The Prestige. I'd like to see that again. I remember liking that's that a amazing. lot. That's amazing. David Bowie's in there playing Tesla. That's right. He's amazing at it. I forgot where I was going, but I think we've already hit like 54 minutes. I don't think we want to go much longer than that. Just oh, going in the kind of philosophical, spiritual thing, I'm, this other thing that I 
found that I thought was interesting, wondering if you knew about it. Let's see. Was, uh, oh shit. Well, this is an acronym, A-G-E-A-C, like A-G-A-C. I wonder if that's what they call that. .org. It's the, oh, see, the website's... Association. No, it began, it was founded in Spain. Well, and it's still, it's still a thing. But on their website, I got to change it to English. Hang on. I think maybe we should do a more of a spiritual philosophy episode next week. Oh, it's going to make my brain hurt. It will. Geophilosophical Association of Anthropological and Cultural Studies. Cool. It's really cool. Um, It's like all these archaeologists are sort of connected to, like, mythologists who are connected to the spiritualists, and then it just all kind of goes together. Yeah, so it's pretty groovy. uh, What do they do? They just, they just, like, reports on... Who we are, uh, AGIAC, whatever, is a humanistic, philosophical, and anthropological institution whose... Raison d'être. Nice. Reason for being. <laughs> reason d'être. Reason d'être. <laughs> is to investigate the cultural values immersed in the traditions, folklore, mythology, philosophy, art, customs, and beliefs of all peoples of antiquity with the aim of extracting from them the principles and values that allow the modern man to live in a more conscious and intelligent way. Oh, okay. So it's right up your alley. Well, it does. Yeah. And any way that you can find meaning in this postmodern mess. Hellscape. It's very Joseph Campbell-y. It, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a big dude for them. I'm sure that he's probably yeah. Well, this sounds a lit. This is like a little more new agey, probably. But well, I follow, I trace Joseph Campbell back. I mean, he he's was influenced by this guy named P.D. Ospensky. Right. Yeah. He's also a big that. influence of Ramdas, and then they all kind of interconnect somewhere. Yeah. Which is weird. I think it's just because you're you're creating meaning out of these universal stories always. Mm-hmm. Like any religion is just a series of stories that you're supposed to get. Uh, Retain things that are going to help you from, theoretically, I guess. I don't know. But it's very, I mean, Joseph Campbell took meaning from, like, all all cultures' yeah. stories. and Well, it was more of boiling all those stories down to there only being, like, was, eight or nine different types of stories. Right. Which is a lot like Saves the Cat, like the, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just that you can categorize all these things, and no matter how far you go back. Yeah, there was a really great... Um, Kind of like I don't know publication that is still probably going on that was very very into Joseph Campbell Parabola. Oh yeah, I used to subscribe to that. I think that's so. And then they had um yeah I mean every issue I think it was once every two months or something like that once every once every three I think, months I think it was four a year and every issue had you know a theme and various spiritual teachers and researchers and philosophers would just submit articles. Right. Really really cool. And that goes right into all the psycho... Parabola, check it out. Yeah, that sounds great. I actually will check it I'll subscribe to their newsletter, because I've been finding recently that if I subscribe to a newsletter, I end up reading all of them on, like, uh, on Gmail. So there's one called... And it's free. And it's free. That's even better. But newsletters better be free, or nobody's going to want to pay for newsletters at this time. Yeah. Like, maybe if they sent it in the mail, that would be nice to put in the bathroom or something. Because then I read... That's I'm going to get re- my learning done while I'm on the shitter. <laughs> well, of course. Um... Let's see. What was I going to say about that? I already forgot. Oh, you know. Cleaning out your insides while you're filling your head. Well, you got Carl Jung, too. I mean, he was another, the Jungian sort of psychoanalysis plays into, like, these archetypes always being present in people's minds, whether or not, like, we acknowledge them. Just the only things that change are, like, the technology and the version of it. Like, different archetypes are more popular or more prevalent in different time periods, but Mm -hmm. they're always all there. Like, um, Like, maybe we don't have, like, the old wise man as much in, like, our current day stuff, and that was a big one in, like, what, the 1700s, 1600s, like, any of the Shakespeare stuff. Mm-hmm. And now we have more of a superhero, which has always been an archetype as well. Yeah. And for some reason that just appeals to people more now because everybody wants to be more exceptional or, like, stand out or something. You need or, a, yeah, every every age and era needs its own hero well, for that time. And it's, it, our world is Or so icon or whatever, hyper, archetype. The hypermediated world that we live in is so uh, black and white, I think, that it's just easy to look at things as, like, villains or heroes. Like, every show mm-hmm. that you watch has got, like, the good guys and the bad guys on it. Like, even on, we like... need more nuanced people. Yeah. Even, well, I guess the only way to make it more nuanced for me is to have, like, you don't know who's going to die every episode. Like, Game of Thrones does it pretty well, where you can't get too attached to anybody, so it mm-hmm. is kind of nuanced. Yeah. So you're like, oh, this is what this guy does, but he might not be here next episode. Who knows? Right. Or I guess kind of Walking Dead, but they don't have any good characters on that show. And they kept that one guy around just to be good looking. I mean, well, 
Um, something. Oh, Daryl. Is that him? The one who's kind of good looking, but he just looks like a hillbilly. The motorcycle hillbilly guy? Yeah, that's yeah. Daryl. He wasn't even in the comics. Right, exactly. Um, well, yeah, that show in particular, Game of Thrones is a lot more, you really can't trust who they're mm-hmm. going to kill. Walking Dead, there are definitely ones that, I mean, because this season in particular, when the, it ended on a cliffhanger, somebody totally died out of their group, but they won't tell you who, and then there's all these theories. It's like, it's not going to be Rick. It's not going to be Carl. Well, then they had the thing it's where... It's not going to be Daryl. It's, it's going to be one of the other ones. And it's not the it's Asian guy. Because they reveal that he didn't die. That one time. Although... I don't know if I should spoil... Oh, did he die? I mean, in the comic, this is... In the comic. This is pretty far, yeah. The second that Negan shows up. Yeah. And then he's been around for a while, so I feel like... I don't think it's spoil. It's not spoiling the show to say who dies in the comic. I don't think anybody is going... Well, Glenn died in the comic. Yeah, Glenn... From, from Negan, I mean, this particular instance, but that doesn't... They deviate... So, very yeah. purposefully from the comic, so... Kind of like times. like Sword Girl, like when they brought her in, I'm like, ooh, this is kind of like... Michonne, I'm aka like, Sword Girl. Yeah, I'm like, this is this is weird because this is like very like non-realistic. Like the show tries so hard to be like gritty and realistic, and then you have like this samurai girl with like her two... Like what is it, like her ex-husband? They explain it like in the show, or yeah. Like armless chain doer. Yeah. They explain it in the show, but even then, like it's, even kind, then of it's kind of a leap compared yeah. to the rest of it well it is also about zombies it is but they still try to treat it so seriously don't they (laughs) like oh i don't know i haven't kept up because i hated the third season and the second really i just hated it It was bad i had the same problem with dexter i just didn't like any of the characters oh well see i'm really bad when you talk about shows i'm really bad about knowing which season is what like what story arc is in each season i can't say like oh in season four remember when that I just, like, I remember the story arcs. <laughs> so I don't remember what happened in season two and three. Two like, is the one with the barn. <sighs> oh, at Herschel, that's Herschel's farm? Yeah. And, it's just and it was so three, dumb. the prison? Yeah, I think it's where they the go to the prison, which is just like... Start, okay. When they try to get the stupid son involved too much in the plot, and he's already too old Carl? to be in that movie. Yeah, I mean, in the show. He just, with any show, when you have that kid character who just ages in real time... And they try to pretend oh. that he's supposed to be the correct age. So yeah. it's like, eh. It's just such a big jump between like three and twelve. Like especially with like a Especially in Game of Thrones Bran yeah. that um that boy's definitely going through puberty and it's like it'll we'll watch him grow into that nose of his. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not like in the seventies where you could just give him that those hormones to keep them from uh like <laughs> Webster, I think, and uh Gary Coleman. Like where they kept them young. It's that wasn't, like, like a, uh, a biological thing. Like no, it wasn't... They, they fed him, like, hormones. Same with Michael Jackson. That's why he always had that high voice. That's why he uh. never developed, like, sexually. And he was, like, this creepy Peter Pan figure. Because he was... Oh. They stuffed him full of whatever pharmaceutical drugs they could at the time to keep him from aging so they could make more money off of him. Yowzas. Which is what... And they created a monster by doing it. Which is a great topic. But, for next time? Yeah, we should probably end. It's an hour and three already. I think that's about a good length for a podcast. Well, you're going to edit out probably a good 45% of this, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe edit that one part where you told me to edit it out, but I don't even know no, what you were saying. No, you don't actually have to. I won't be able to track I back there and find that anyway. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't important. Nope. All right, that's it. Um, thanks. I changed the song. You guys can tell. It's. I just don't want to get sued in 50 years and have to go and re-edit every episode, even though now it's just a different song. Are we going to use that next time or a different song? I might just keep switching to whatever I feel like at the Do time. you want to tell them what it is? Oh, it's uh, Leo Kotke. It's the Mr. Phonebone. It's actually the name of the Mr. song. Mr. Phonebone. Did we ever say that the other one was Thin Lizzy? Yeah, it's Banshee by Thin Lizzy. I think yeah. I did mention that, but I don't the remember. The song's pretty bitchin'. That's a great song. I'll bring it back one of these weeks. All right, cool. That's it. We did it. Yay. Another one in the bank. This is a good one. Classic. I'm going to call this one uh, Brock to You by. Because that's what I always thought they were saying growing up when they say brought to you by. It always sounds like Brock to You by. Bro- Brock? Yeah, Brocktude. Brocktude? We, you know, like if you listen to like NPR and they have like a sponsor or something. I know, brought to you by, but what did you I think don't think they said? say it very clearly. I think it's always like brought to you by. Oh, I how do you spell that. brocked? B-R-O-C-T. And then there's a hyphen U, hyphen whatever the rest of it. I figured it out on the Make sure you do a number two and a capital letter U. Really Sinead O'Connor it. Great. Like when she I guess originally prints it. Pope on, oh, there we go. Yeah. 
I'm sure he wasn't the first person to ever change their name into a symbol that you can't pronounce. There's no, I'm like... saying Prince wrote Nothing Compares to You. Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. And recorded it first. Another Prince fact for you, baby. I should call my listeners. Baby. <laughs> That's Michael Jackson. <laughs> Close enough, we guys. Bye. This is Prince. Oh. This is Prince. We need to end here. R.I.P. Roger. It was too much fun. Roger. Prince See you Roger later. is no, not Roger Nelson. Yeah, they're making a sequel to Top Gun, by the way. We don't talk about this. Why are they doing cool. that? Who knows? Because we want to see Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer make out now when they're old. Maybe they'll finally do it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. This episode, again, was brought to you by the red line. It's the type of line that is down the center of the screen sometimes when your TV breaks. And it makes you appreciate that it used to work properly. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Um, This was me and Alyssa signing out, I guess. That's it. Bye. Bye.